So yeah, there's you know the dis yeah, the disproof yeah, there. We actually you. do got get confirmation got we got that uh, Garrett is got indeed it. headless. All right. Hey, oh, hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, a full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, starting with the Game of Thrones. I am your host Zach, and with me here is my brother Nate. Hey. And we will be covering a full read-through of the events of A Song of Ice and Fire. Pretty in-depth. Pretty, pretty, pretty analytical. Pretty... Full of spoilers. That. Yeah. So if you haven't read, go read, and then listen to us as you're rereading the book immediately after you read it for the first time. And once you're reading along, make sure that you uh, you talk to us, because that's the whole point of us doing this reread, is Indeed. to get feedback so that we can discuss what's going on, what's happening especially uh, with, our, you know, other readers. so You're pretty active on the Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. We can. I'm always on the Twitter. It's the at Manners Without. That's the Brotherhood Without Manners Twitter handle. Um, and our Gmail's always open as well, Without Manners Brotherhood at gmail.com. And definitely stop. Leave us a, a like and review and sub and all that stuff over on iTunes. Yeah, but. we appreciate that type of stuff. But anyway, we're uh, as of this episode being released, season uh, episode three of season eight has just aired last night. So I'm sure there's some pretty big hype around that. Uh, as yeah. always, we'll have our uh, analysis episode for episode three coming, coming up Thursday. Yeah, up um, but if you joined us last time, we were covering Ned four, and Ned had his first meeting with the small council and was not at all prepared for the sort of bullshit that he was going to get thrown into the mind games and then immediately leaving there he was then pulled into... that's after he got the news for that he's going to have to establish a fucking tournament yeah the tournament that robert wants yeah. and he's not pleased about that and but then yeah then he, he got pulled by peter baelish uh, across town and through this winding route to a brothel where ned wanted to take fence but then realized lady catlin was awaiting him and after their nice reunion she laid all the diddlies on him the dirty details of what's been going on up north and Ned kind of filled her in and told her to rally the North pretty much and begin barricading and getting ready uh, in case we should have to go to war. And he's going to try to suss out the truth. So Ned thinks that he is aware of the game that's being played around him. He and thinks all sorts of shit. From someone who is quite naive at the game to quite a well-versed game player, we go north and north and north again to the wall to our friend Tyrion Lannister. And what appears to be the last couple hours of his at the wall. And so this chapter opens with, Are you certain you must leave us so soon? Uh, Lord Commander Mormont really doesn't want to see Tyrion go. Yeah, Tyrion's, so Tyrion's at uh, dinner table. Yeah, they're with, having dinner. With some of the higher ranked members of the Night's Watch. Yeah. So we get a, well, it takes a minute for them to really get into who's all there, but, you know, some of the... The higher members, so Thorn, Alistair Thorn is there, and Meister Aemon is there. Um, there's a couple other just, you know, people who aren't necessarily named that yeah, are Yeah, the High Lords that tend around. to eat with Mormon um, as per their station. But Tyrion says he's past certain it's time he was gone. Jamie is going to start wondering what has become of him, and he'll think that Mormont convinced him to take the black. And no. while it's said in jest, I think uh, Mormont's response is a little telling. So I think that... Um, he he makes a lot of jokes. Martin writes a lot of jokes for Tyrion 
regarding taking the black. Yeah. And it almost makes me wonder if, you know, one day he's not going to be forced to take up this. Do you think that the Night's Watch will even be a, a force at the, the end of the series? Um, Book-wise, possibly. I think... Hmm. I don't know, because I think the, the Night's Watch is more of a symbol. Like, and once that's broken, there kind of isn't a need for it anymore. So, I Yeah, because, like, once the others are defeated and stuff, are they just... Well, who says they're defeated? Or, well, right. And so... Because I almost feel like it would I, I think it's more of just that, as a dwarf, who all dwarves are bastards in their father's eyes, I think Tyrion's contemplated going to the Wall a few times. You know, he really has nothing to inherit. He honestly doesn't expect Casterly Rock to come to him. So I think it's sort of that. He's he's sort of gone through the same motions as Jon Snow. He just doesn't see the Night's Watch as nearly as honorable as Jon did before arriving. But anyway... um, yeah, Mormont says, uh, would that I could convince you to take the black. You're a cunning man, and we have need of your sort on the wall. More, and that, that sort of speaks to, and it gets more into it in this chapter, but the desperation Mormont has. They they need every capable, cunning... I think it's more than just desperation at this point, too, though. I think he's actually complimenting No, I definitely think it's a compliment. Like, that, Tyrion uh, would do great up there, because he, right. he knows how to play the Game of Thrones, but he, he's also got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, so. he's good at the Game of Thrones because he's so clever and smart about things. Oh. He's, you know, learned in books and stuff, so if he could actually see the, the others and the walkers early on, he absolutely could contribute to the battle against the the Cold North. Yeah. So, uh, we find out here that they're eating uh, crab that was just sent up from East Watch, I believe. Yeah. And the old bear is cracking a crab claw as Tyrion kind of watches him and it says, oh, this he was. Lord Commander still had the strength of a bear. And I just, I like that. It paints yeah. Mormont as still this strong leader. Well, especially with their sigil being the bear. But he says, if you have uh, need of my sort, Tyrion jokes that he'll send him all the dwarves in the Seven Kingdoms to help sort of fund, yeah. uh, fund the wall and help build up the wall and at this point, Sir Alistair is the only one yeah, not laughing. Every, everybody's having a good time. Yeah, everyone's you know, laughing. And, and yeah, and uh, he says that Lannister mocks us, and Tyrion quickly replies, only you, Sir Alistair. And that time, the laughter that comes is sort of nervous and unsure. Tyrion's questioning yeah, like, a high commander here. I can't, you know, Thorns, get the fuck over yourself, dude. Like, Jesus. Christ. Yeah, definitely. Thorns, Thorns a stick in the mud. He's he's got a as Tyrion will know. He looks like yeah, he has so a dagger he, up his ass. Yeah, so he basically kind of just runs his mouth and says, "Maybe we should take this out to the yard." Yeah, it's, it's like the posture. Seriously, yeah. like seriously, you're gonna. He's a dwarf. And Tyrion like, says, really? "Why the crabs are here?" And more Which, people start laughing. Exactly. And he's just Tyrion's just making a. It's the schoolyard bully thing, and Tyrion's just running around it. Right, because even I like the next part the most, you know, where he's like, we'll take up steel, we'll see, we'll settle this shit. Mm-hmm. So Tyrion jumps up and he's like, I've got steel, let's do this. Yeah, he starts crab jabbing fork. him with a fucking, in the chest with the crab fork. Yeah, and everybody starts laughing at this point. The old bear himself starts gasping and choking because he's <laughs> laughing so hard, spitting crab everywhere. And even the raven uh, that's perched in the duel, window duel, starts calling duel. out, duel, duel, yeah. Sir Alistair walks from the room. I, I mean, he he was just kind of shamed here. You, you just challenged a half man, you know, a, there's no honor in fighting Tyrion. Everyone knows how that outcome's going to come. So she, Tyrion, and then to have Tyrion also shame you. With exactly. The, the yeah. So Tyrion and... totally turned that around. And yeah, Ty- Tyrion notes that Sir Alistair walked from the room so stiffly. He looked like he had a dagger up his ass, but Mormont's still gasping. So Tyrion thumps him on the back and then claims to the victor 
goes to spoils and he claims Sir Alistair's crabs, which I, I just like. Fuck I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, either. the victor claims the spoils. And uh, Mormont kind of scolds Tyrion a little bit, but then Tyrion's like, no, like he's a, he's a cold, humorless, and should be, you know, mucking the stables. He shouldn't be teaching the boys how to. Yeah, I thought that was military. interesting that Tyrion which, said that. I agree. Like, you know, I know you he's need so to have petty. a card. Yeah, like, because uh, who is it there? The, the master of arms at Winterfell. Roderick? Is it? It's Yeah, like, he's a badass. He doesn't, uh, but he doesn't, you know, he's not a cruel He, te- he teaches the kids, he teaches but he's them. not a petty little bitch about it. Yeah, like, because they, um, is it, I don't even know where I wrote it down, where he talks about how he gives them all the nicknames, all the kids and stuff, all the the, the trainees. Yeah, yeah. And it's like. Yeah, Tyrion said that he's he's heard a lot of the nicknames and you should hear some of the nicknames the boys have for him yeah like, yeah no one likes him he's not inspiring any loyalty he's just a dick so then now we get again more of the desperation well I think. mormont points out that thorn is an anointed knight right. and only one of the few that have joined since he's been lord commander that that number has dwindled significantly no knight wants to go and spend the rest of their lives at this wasteland at the end of the world but Gior starts to fear that Sir Alistair had the right of it, and Tyrion is mocking them in their noble purpose. And Tyrion says this great line, We all need to be mocked from time to time, Lord Commander, lest we start to take ourselves too seriously. And while Tyrion is being a little too off the cuff, I think, here, because Mormont is serious, and we know that as readers that there is some shit coming, and like this is a dire plea from a a man who's seen some shit. Not to pull it back too far, but we did get a little bit of uh, background on on Thorn there as well, and I think it gives us a little idea of why he, why he, gets so fucking aggravated by Tyrion. Is you know we learned that Sir Jeremy Riker or Ricker, however you want to say it, is also up there. He's mm-hmm. at the table, and him and Thorn came to the wall at the same time because they had battled in the the sack of King's Landing, yeah. I believe it was, or one of those battles. But they fought for the Targaryens. Wrong side, bitches. And so Tywin himself gave them the option of head on spikes or you can go to the wall. Tywin's a fan of those heads on spikes. Uh, Yeah, and that's what uh, Tyrion says as well. And so I feel like he holds this massive grudge towards Mm. the Lannisters just because Tywin. And so Tyrion's catching all this shit because he's like, your dad's a fucking asshole. Well, I mean, I think at this point, Thorne, like anybody who's instantly likable, Thorne is just not going to like them on principle because he's a fucking, he's got a dagger up his ass. But Tyrion asks for more wine at this point, and uh, he gets some, but he's told that you have a great thirst for a small man, and this is when we realize Maester Aemon is here. Boom. Enter Aemon. And he he speaks up softly, yet all the other high officers fall silent to better hear what the ancient had to say. So can I just point out the the similarity between him and Roose Bolton having that ability to... Just speak softly To whisper, but make people... Where everybody wants to hear you. You yell at me for whispering. Into the I'm not whispering, mic. I'm talking lightly. No, it still carries. No, you're dumb. Suck a dick. Um, anyway. <laughs> I lost my spot. Good, I'm glad you oh, lost Oh yeah, Eamon says, uh, oh, I think that Lord Tyrion is quite a large man. I think he is a giant come among us here at the end of the world. And Tyrion's pretty stunned by this. He is... Been called many, many things, 
but never in his life has he been called a and giant. And he says that. Seldom have I been called a giant. Yeah, after and, he, all and, the he, and he thanks the maester. Uh, and says for once he's at a loss for words, he can't really think of what to say, but he does thank the maester. I thought that it was cool that he said, nonetheless, I think it is true. Yeah. Like, even Aemon, still. Yeah, Eamon still, uh, even if Tyrion doesn't really believe it, Eamon still does, and... Aemon smiles and says that he's never been kind before, and then it, this time Tyrion leads the laughter himself as everyone starts cracking up, and then it says much later we get a time jump, so a couple hours later Did after... Did you say that Master Aemon laughed about the... that they mentioned the seldom too kind? Yeah. Oh. Well, like, I mentioned that Aemon says that he's never been called kind before. Oh, and that this I guess time I'm not Tyrion... paying attention to when you talk. What the shit, man? Well, get you your know, shit together. Be interesting. Anyway, uh, much later, after uh, they ate and they drank and all the eye officers went away, Gior, uh, Gior, old bear, offers Tyrion a chair beside the fire and a cup of mulled spirits. Stronger Some than adult adult drinks, none of that wine bullshit. Yeah, no, these are pretty strong drink. for Tyrion. And uh, Mormon basically just tells Tyrion straight out that you're going to be given an escort as far as Winterfell. The King's Road is pretty perilous as far north, and... I'm not having anything happen to the the Queen's brother, sort of, on yeah. my watch. Tyrion suggests maybe you allow the bastard Jon Snow to come along and maybe see how his brother's doing at Winterfell and check in on his family. But Mormont denies this almost immediately and says, sort of, like, you need to leave the past, especially for someone as raw of a recruit as Jon is. He needs to start forgetting that so, shit. Yeah, so I was putting here, do you, if Jon would be, had been allowed... Do you think he would have left Winterfell and went back? No, to No, I think he would have stayed. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, like, no, I, I had the right of it. That... Any chance that John, because he would have gotten there and been like, "Yo, fuck that!" First mm-hmm. of all, second of all, you know, I'm kind of he'd almost be like the warden in the North Regent, basically, you know, filling in for Bran when Rob has to go south yeah. and stuff, because Br- Rob would or Bran would obviously be the the rightful one. But John would be able to be there to guide him. And well, I, I and I do believe that at this point, John doesn't even know Bran was attempted to be killed after his fall. Right. Well, so, yeah. like, well, he would find out that Lady Catelyn's gone. She's gone to talk to Ned about this supposed. Oh, that'd be just the biggest motivator, right there. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't be coming back. Oh, but Cat's not there. Wonderful. Then we get Mormont mentions uh, his son and the way he sort of disgraced his house in their honor. So we get a nice little Jorah reference thrown in there, and I thought that was nice. Yeah. But Tyrion thanks Mormont for his concern, but he's not drunk enough to not expect Mormont to ask for something in return for this escort and this nice sort of send off. And Mormont tells him pretty simply to just tell the king and his sister and his father and his and brother. Yeah. That they need men at the watch, that they have less than a thousand men now, and between three castles, that's not enough to do anything for anyone. Um, Mormont had sent... Yeah, so we get another tie here, kind of, to how Alistair Thorne is is in such a high spot, because he starts mentioning that he, he, he sent Ben Stark out, yeah. to, and he's in search of uh, Waymar Rice. Yeah. And... He he tells us how Waymar came to be leading that group because we we learned that Garrett and see if I had just read to this chapter then we would have <laughs> learned that Garrett is cold hands is definitely definitely not true, but he 
he was given to them or he came to them from Jan Royce, I mm. believe, his his son, uh second or seventh son or the seventh son or whatever the fuck it was. But he's a high lord. He actually has some status and he didn't want to offend the high lords because it's going to kill any chance that they may have potentially even had to get more recruits that aren't just complete shitballs. You know, because they, they are only getting a bunch of fucking rapers and thieves and, and Yeah, so bad Mormont shit. says that uh, he was green as summer's grass, and yet he insisted on the honor of his own command. And not wanting to offend his father, I yielded more the fool I. And the raven agrees with him, fool, fool, fool. And then he says, he goes on a little further, that Ned Stark had sent him Garrett's head after the beheading was done. And... So, yeah, there's, you know, the dis- yeah, the disproof yeah, there. We actually do a confirmation got it, got it. that uh, Garrett is got indeed it. headless All right. and bodiless now. So then I do like how we also learn that Garrett was on the wall longer than the bear. Yeah. Like, he's been, and yet he was taking command. He like, that, that makes the, the prologue that much more impactful because of all these things that, that he was saying. That guy's been on this this in this area longer than the Lord Commander. See, this also watch. makes me think that this sort of influences Mormont's relationship with Jon Snow, in that Jon Snow is green as summer's gla- grass, this little lordling who comes in and he wants to be out on rangings on his first day, and Mormont oh, yeah, is like, I, like I'm not gonna Mormont, you know, he regrets the shit out of sending Royce out like he did. That was a dumb decision, and so he's not gonna let it happen with Jon Snow. And so I didn't even think of that. That's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So now that Benjamin is missing, the old bear says, you know, he's getting pretty old and who's going to bear his burden when he sets it down. Alistair Thorne, uh, Bowen Marsh, you know, Maester Eamon, like, no, you know, Maester Eamon isn't going to be able to do like anything for leadership of the watch. So right now it's all they can do to stay alive. And Mormon mentions that he knows what kind of people, Thorn and Bowen Marsh are yeah. like they obviously they can't fucking command because yeah, no. of how who they are and what they are. Tyrion starts to feel embarrassed for Mormont and the desperation this dude has and promises that he'll speak with all of them, but he leaves out that Robert will ignore him, Tywin will ask if he's lost his mind, and Jamie's only gonna laugh at him. They're not gonna take any of it seriously. So Tyrion uh, recalls or, or Mormont asks him if he uh if he's ever seen winter, how many winters he's known and he, Tyrion recalls that he was born during a three-year winter, but Mormont... Had, and it was uh, a cruel winter. Yeah, too, supposedly but, it was a cruel winter. But yeah, that his earliest dreams were of spring. And Mormont says that a long summer usually means a long winter, and now the days are getting shorter, and this winter... This has been one of the longest summers in... In recent hit in record, history, yeah. Nine years or something like that. So they're expecting winter to be brutal, and it's almost upon them. And, yeah, at this point, Mormont is straight up begging him, and it says that there is a darkness coming. Giants and mammoths and white walkers spotted by Eastwatch. Reports from the Shadow Tower show the wildlings are running from something. Uh, It's just all these different things. And he even says that these old bones have never felt a chill like this. Mormont's been at the wall for a while, as we've learned, and he's never quite gotten this sort of sense of foreboding i think is what we're meant to get from that so yeah he says that like he he he's seen darker shapes in his dreams mm. and uh it almost makes me wonder if that's kind of why he has the raven is he does have these kind of werewoody visiony dreams you know i mean i i definitely think the 
Night's Watch has some mystical yeah, elements to it. There's been a lot of tomfoolery with the the Night's Watch, so I could see there being something with the Lord Commander. Maybe that's a more important role than we really think. Yeah. But yeah. Mormont basically ends with God helps help us. God's help us if the Night's Watch isn't ready when winter truly comes. So Tyrion, he's kind of have enough at this point. He's ready for bed, so he thanks the Lord Commander, and he stands up, and he heads outside, and he starts setting off for the King's Tower, but when he arrives, the wall is looming behind it, and he kind of gets entranced by it like Jon did. Oh, I wanted to mention before we completely left Mormont, right, as he was, the last thing that Tyrion saw him doing was he whistled his raven to him. Yeah. And then pulled corn out of his pocket. Like Bran. And I just thought that that was very similar to the way that Bran happened to pull corn out. Mm. Um, and so it almost makes me wonder also if maybe this wasn't just red herring stuff. You know, because if you're thinking about it as a first-time reader, you you come from this Bran chapter where he's falling and talking to this raven that talks to him. Then very shortly after, we get the bear with this raven, and so it almost could make it seem like it's Jor Mormont that's talking to him through the dreams, as opposed to the three-eyed crow, Brendan Rivers. Mm. But but anyway, yeah, so yeah. as he's staring up at this wall, it says a strange madness took a hold of him, and he suddenly wants to see the wall one last time, since that this is probably going to be his last chance. I don't blame him, man. Yeah, Could no. you imagine standing underneath, it, let alone uh, on top of that fucking thing? That thing is the The wall is immense, so yeah, I, I definitely... So he he passes over the stairs, feeling Fuck his that. legs starting to cram. Fuck that noise! I'm gonna take the elevator. He but he heads for the uh, yeah the winch cart, the winch, the winch box, the winch the cage. elevator. Uh, and as he goes higher and higher up, he actually can start to see how broken and empty Castle Black truly is. And it's kind of a sad sight that this once noble order has decayed into this. But then he goes higher and higher, and the landscape kind of just blacks out before him as it's nighttime and then he arrives at the top and waits for them to pull it in close before jumping off the wall which is always a good idea yeah wait until your vehicle has stopped moving before you move around your arms and legs in an upright oh wait that's the tray and yeah Tyrion goes for a walk and he's kind of noticing all these different catapults that are like half frozen in and half in repair and disrepair and kind of left without the men to to maintenance them yeah yeah and he comes to a catapult and he hears someone call out halt who's there and it's Jon Snow chilling on the other side as ghost comes around and greets Tyrion actually pretty non-aggressively so I really think that that's cool how how friendly Ghost is towards him. And granted, here in just a second, uh, Tyrion's going to ask him if it's safe to touch him. Mm-hmm. And, and John says, you know, as long as I'm here. But I think Tyrion's one of the people that if John wasn't there, Tyrion, uh, Ghost would be okay with Tyrion. Yeah, no, I think the wolves so. definitely can pick up on, like, motive, and they and, and Ghost is able to tell that Tyrion means John no harm. He's He was up here, yeah, you know, yeah. for a walk, and then he happened to stumble into John, and he's probably just going to say goodbye, like... There is no malicious intent on Tyrion's part. But anyway, yeah. So, so Tyrion, Tyrion, yeah, he asks if he if he can, and he does scratch Ghost behind the ears, and Ghost is is fine with it. But he notices he also, how big Ghost is, and John as well. Yeah, which is funny that he makes that comparison about both of them, because he's gonna say that you know, yeah, Ghost has grown in the time since Winterfell, mm-hmm. he's, and he thinks that by a year's time, he's nervous that he'll be looking up to Ghost. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. But I just think it's funny, though, because, yeah, he also commented that with all his furs and leathers on, Jon Snow looked much bigger as well. Yeah. 
Uh, so John says that he has a mile of wall that he's to keep watch on, and he asked Tyrion if he would walk with him, and Tyrion agrees. So they set off, and Tyrion asks if John has a message he'd like him to deliver at Winterfell, and John kind of runs through the gambit here of you know Rob and and Rickon and you know do this do that, but then he settles on Bran and kind of help Bran do what you can for Bran. And Tyrion is sort of at first like I. So you skipped a, a whole bunch of stuff about when they were talking about how what John's doing up there and oh. and uh, so John is talking told Tyrion about how like Thorn is kind of. I told you, my notes are scarce at the end. I like, guess so. So um, feel free to, you know, read well, from I'm, your notes. I'm gonna right now. Tyrion had asked what John is doing up there on the wall, and Tyr- and he says that he had drawn the the Night's Watch, the which is what they are, but the the, the watch at nighttime, <laughs> and Sir Alisor had helped John to take the Night Watches by talking to the guy who runs that stuff and building him up with uh with John. Hoping that he's going to be too tired to drill in the morning. Mm. So we also then find out that, uh, because Tyrion makes the joke if and asks if Ghost has learned to juggle yet. Yeah. And, uh, he's, John laughs, says no, but that all the boys are making improvements in their combat. So he's been working with all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend. So we don't really, because it's a Tyrion point of view, not a John point of view, but we're seeing that he's, he's making friends. He's, he's doing. Much better than, you know, emo John was two weeks ago yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. He's come out of his shell. And so that's when he asked him if he wants to go for a walk. And they start heading down into the messages, start talking about the messages. And I think you were on Bran and how we couldn't think of what... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he he's uh, telling... John's telling Tyrion to just help Bran any way he can. And Tyrion doesn't really think there's any way he can help Bran. But John says, you know, give him, give him your words like you did with me, and just, you know, that should be enough. So Tyrion, or Tyrion agrees to, there's Beric. Tyrion agrees that yeah, he'll, you know, he'll try, he'll do whatever he can for Bran, and they shake hands. And he does is, it because of the. Uh, I like this part because he says that he's only he's mainly gonna do it, you know, regardless of how how much Bran responds to it. He's doing it because he knows what it's like to have a brother that he loves. Yeah. And so just because he knows what it's like to have Jamie there. Wish I knew what that was like. Yeah, I know, right? Um So then John says, Thank you, Tyrion, like thank you, Lannister. Or says, Thank you, Lord Lan- Lannister. Yeah. And then he takes his glove off and says, Friend. And like, yo if my heart didn't just start dropping out <laughs> my chest you know, you know it's a nice moment. Tyrion and takes And so then Tyrion and... takes it, and he's just, he's touched by that. Yeah. He's like, and I really think, because he mentions right after that most of my kin are bastards, he said, with a wry smile. But you're the first I've had to friend. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that speaks a lot to Tyrion, that that's not, that that's basically him. He knows a lot of people. A lot of people know of him. He's infamous. He's, the, you know, but... He, how many friends does he have? Well, that's it. I mean, he, he has he's, Jamie. he's grown up in Casterly Rock and around King's Landing at this point now. So, like, how many people in his life have ever pulled off their glove and offered him an, a, a handshake exchange and called him friend? And that's that's it. Like, no one. He knows a ton, but yeah. no one he trusts enough. And, and so, so John kind of, yeah, hand, shows that. And so he and shakes his hand, and it says that they were flesh to flesh because mm-hmm. he took his glove off, too. And uh, I just thought that that was really 
it makes me really excited, especially for the show watchers who are here, when Tyrion and Jon meet up in the show, you know, it's a mm. cool moment. They don't, I mean, they share a friendship, but, you know, it. this is some some heart-wrenching shit, man. Yeah, no, it's... And so I'm super excited. There's not really any other exchange there. that's similar to this, where you have two characters that are straight up saying, you know... I respect you. I respect you. I you're, trust yeah, you. Yeah, you're, you're a friend to me. Yeah. And so side by side, they turn and they actually look off one of the sides of the wall looking north. And, and this is one of the best fucking lines. Yeah, and they're looking at the forest, and it said that, you know, normally the forest is trimmed by the Night's Watch and kept back, but there's parts on the wall where it's encroaching up as, as so it men said that have they, dwindled. They stood up to the, the edge, and together they stood upon the edge of the world. Yeah. And that's just what Mormon was saying, too, um, to John. Uh, to, he used the words just like that to Tyrion. I forget where it is in my notes here, but he had mentioned the edge of the world and just, again, seeing it from that point of view and the blackness that goes in that scary-ass fucking haunted forest. Like, Yeah, Tyrion notes that the forest, it looks like a second wall, a wall of night, as it's just, at, at nighttime, it's just black. You know, if you've ever looked at a forest, it, at nighttime, all the trees sort of blend together. So, yeah, it just looks like this wall of black, and it's really imposing and creepy, but... Looking down into that darkness, Tyrion could almost start to believe the the tales that the Night's Watch tale yes, tells of Grumpkins the, and the other. Well, and about the, the others, and that's and, when yeah, he realized he's like, my my jokes aren't really seeming all that funny. Yeah, now that there's actually a chance that they could come out of that darkness and fucking snatch me away. And so John's on a different train of thought, mentioning that Benjen is out there somewhere, and how. He's waited every night when he's had watch, and, you know, Benjamin still hasn't returned. And Tyrion tells him, you know, give it time. Your uncle may still come riding through. And somewhere in the distance, a wolf starts to howl, and a couple other wolves in the woods pick it up. But Ghost, of course, remains silent because that's Ghost's thing. And this is when Jon says, you know, if he doesn't come back, Ghost and I will go out and find him. And Tyrion says to him, I believe you. But in he his head, to him, yeah. in his head, he thinks, and who will go and find you? And then he shivers, and that's when we close Tyrion's yeah. last chapter at the Wall. So he had um, mentioned he had the little thing when he had his first night uh, up on top of the Wall. He kept thinking that you know he would see Ben come riding mm-hmm. out of the woods, and he would be the first one to to blow the horn. And I feel like his boast there about going and finding Benjin, while it's definitely, you know, a, a 14-year-old's just boasting about what he, oh, I'm going to do this one. Yeah, yeah. I'll but at the same then. time, I think it shows to the, the dedication that he has, because he never technically does actually go out searching for him. But I feel say, like it was connected to the wolf howl. Like, so that's what I think, uh, too, know, that like he got it, this it, boost. It, it and that's where courage, I was, yeah, yeah. Him and Ghost um, together will go find Benjin, and I'm, as long as he's got Ghost with him, you know, they'll, they'll suss it I out. think that it, it's a lot to do with um, Ben is still a Stark. John mm-hmm. is a Stark. He hears the wolves, and he thinks of the pack. Yeah, definitely. And so he's got he's to gotta go and make the, the comment just because that's what he's feeling at the moment. But so all that being said, do you? Because I probably still need more time to think about it. Uh, have an inductee for this chapter? Yeah, um, I'm gonna give it to Mormont because he's a good Lord Commander, man. He's a desperate like, whiny he, bitch. He's yo. Just Tyrion's being pretty like pretty hardcore here uh, as far as 
tolerance, like, with the jokes. Like, Mormont's a respectable man, and Tyrion respects him, and you get that, but Tyrion doesn't take anything he's saying too seriously, and it's sort of this weird juxtaposition in Tyrion's mind of, I respect this man, and he's a hard, lean, stern man, but these stories that he's telling me, these feelings he's having, I'm not really taking as valid and as a real threat, and so... The old bear's just doing what he thinks is right and trying to get more men and trying to trying to trying to keep his finger in the wall and it's just not working and we know that he's only got a limited time with us anyway. So GR Mormont, welcome to the Brotherhood without manners. Word, so I was just kidding and I've had it planned the whole time. But my inductee now, who I've thought about for long long time and have written down on this piece of paper that i brought with me this evening and didn't just come up with all of a sudden is meister Eamon. because really do i need to explain like meister Eamon, um who you're also full of shit and you just totally pulled that out of your ass and you're the worst person i've ever met you have no proof of that and even if you do, no, I'm not showing you the I'm paper. I'm looking you. at your notes. Don't look at right it. it's, it's on a different page. Oh. I turned the page. Is what happened there? This well, guy. That was his inductee that he just pulled out of his ass. Do you have any more thoughtful <laughs> ones you would like to send us? Because I would love to read them instead of hey, listening. Mr. to Mr. Amon's time is limited as well. Yeah, but. Yeah, but it's Mr. Amon. It's limited. Yeah, exactly. So he sad. deserves more than an afterthought from you. Um, you wasn't an afterthought. I put. Some heartfelt thoughts. Our listeners <laughs> will put some heartfelt thoughts into their inductees, I feel. So all send right. us those at all the usual places. Also, just yeah, you know, so. hit us up on any social, anything. You Again, know, email us your theories, your thoughts, your your criticisms, whatever. We'd love to hear from you guys. So, um, the Twitter at Manners Without our, um, I don't know. What else do we got there? We got the, the f- Facebook. The Facebook. The Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify, and we would love a rate and review if you could possibly maybe do that for us. That'd be sweet. We also have our Instagram at Brotherhood Without. Uh, you have the Patreon somewhere. It's Patreon.com slash Without Manners. It's that one. Did you do the Gmail? Nope. Uh, it is... I know this. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Without manners, brotherhood at gmail.com. Good, because I don't have it memorized. Good, it's on the, the written down there as well. But, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, write to us. We're having a blast, guys. And coming up, uh, well, no, I guess it's been, what are we on? Our third episode again is coming out of the, the, the show um episodes yes so that's gonna be episode three is coming out here uh thursday uh so next episode we will be joining aria on uh the next episode of the reread so next monday yeah next monday will be our aria chapters they have arrived at king's landing and uh obviously aria's not really fitting in and then that is also next week is going to be the start of our season eight discussion so we will have and this is actually recorded pre-show, so that's interesting. I just thought it was a—it's sort of a milestone that this is the last episode we'll be recording, really, before. Yeah, one of the one last of the last ones. ones we're recording before the show starts. So, uh, you guys will be hearing it long after that, anyway. But we're pretty excited, so look forward to our show discussion one on Monday, the fifteenth, uh, immediately the day following the. Yeah, the show. The right. show. No, that's oh, that's that's when we're releasing John three. 
That is when we're releasing John 3. Yeah, John 3 is on the Monday immediately after. Cut we're, all of that. We need a couple days. Uh, I'm probably leaving it in because that's a lot of effort to cut that all out. I don't think uh, it is. Zach just screwed everything up, though. And so now that I've commented on it, it's becoming harder to cut out. Anyway, we are releasing our show episodes on Thursdays. So the 18th. That one. The 18th. That's okay, though. 14th so. and the 18th. Those are the days you should remember. The day the show airs and the day our show airs. Yeah, the important ones. So. And then write us on our socials. Yes, and socials, socials. Um, read Aria 2 in preparation. Yes, Aria 2. And then we will sick. catch you guys on the flip. What? Ballard Harris. Peace.